Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another week, another episode of uh, Mailman Podcast. Today we have with us Charlie Grinnell, who is co-founder and CEO of Rightmetric. In his words, Rightmetric is a searchable library of data bags, case studies for marketing leaders and their teams. Uh, we're going to know more about it in detail right from the man. Hello, Charlie. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Great. Uh, Charlie, if you could just take a couple of minutes to start with and explain everybody uh, what is it that you do. Yeah, so I'm the co-founder and CEO of Rightmetric. As you mentioned, it's a searchable library of data-backed case studies for marketing leaders and their teams. Um, basically, we exist to provide quick answers to hard questions for, for marketing leaders mm-hmm. and while they build strategy. Um, kind of how we got started, my, my background, I worked on the brand side for many, many years in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we always felt, my, my co-founder and I both always felt that there was a, we always had a really good idea of um, insights and data from our own brands. So, you know, for the sake of example, when we were we were working there, we knew how many people were coming to our own website, how many people were opening our emails, that sort of thing. But we always felt mm-hmm. there was a better way um, if we could look outside of our four walls, look at what competitors were doing and looking mm-hmm. at what best in class examples of marketing looked like. Um, and there wasn't really like an easy way to do that. It was either really expensive, really time consuming um, and, so we kind of just said, hey, we think there's an opportunity here. We think that the problem that we're facing, a lot of other marketers face. And we started right metric. And, you know, we've been around for, for three years now. And we, we have our, our software product, which is the Insights Library. And, and yeah, it's kind of just been a whirlwind over the last three years. Fantastic. Okay, so I have too many questions now. Uh-huh. Let me start <laughs> with the easy one. Let me start with the yeah. easy one. Um, could you give us an example? What kind of difficult questions we are talking about that uh, right metric answers? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a really good question. I think let's use for the sake of example, um, if you work in the apparel space or the fashion space. So mm-hmm. imagine you work at mm, Nike and you're trying to sell your task with selling Nike t-shirts. Now, obviously, you know how many people are coming to Nike's website. You know all of the different um, marketing tactics that Nike uses because you have visibility into that. But it'd be really helpful if you could see what Adidas and Under Armour and Old Navy and all these different brands are doing from a marketing perspective. So Mm -hmm. um, basically our case studies kind of can showcase that, what other brands are doing to win in an area of marketing. So you can see what they're doing strategically. You can see what they're doing tactically. What are the specific elements that they're, they're doing? And then we all kind of quantify that with data to show, okay, they're spending a lot of money on display ads. Is that working well for them or not? Is that driving traffic or not? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, basically we we do case studies about all areas of digital, you know, social search, paid, email marketing, conversion rate optimization, like you, you name it, our team of analysts um, creates content around like best in class marketing across industries. And then it gets uploaded into the insight library uh, where our users are able to log into the library, read that content, digest the insights, and then go on their way and, and build their strategies. Wow. So if I'm a marketer, and would would you say this is a valid question to ask and uh, probably use right metric? Uh, so the question is, uh, we are a brand and uh, we want to start investing resources into email marketing but we do not know how to start or where to start at. Uh, is this a question that I could start with, come to right metric and get something out of it? Yes, absolutely. So if you're if you're a marketer and you're trying to figure out like, 
we have our marketing budget and we're trying to figure mm -hmm. out where we should put our resources in terms of marketing, um, our, our case studies can be really, really valuable because we can give you that context of, okay, in your industry or in your market or your competitive set, here's where they're focusing their efforts. Here's what they're doing really, really well. Here's what's mm -hmm. not working very well. And now that you know that, you can go, okay, for me to be competitive in this space, I need to I need to understand that maybe this is how much they're spending on ads. So, you know, that might help you figure out how much money you should be spending on ads. It might help you figure out what types of ads should you be creating? What type of content? What types of photos? What types of video? You know, what type of ad unit should it be? Is it a photo? Is it a video? Is it a carousel? Right? Like there's so many different choices for marketers. And I think what we're trying to surface is what does best in class look like in all areas of digital marketing? How can we tell that story very simply for marketers in a digestible format and back it all up with data so that it's not just us saying, hey, we think this is good. It's us saying, okay. hey, this is best in class and here's why and here's the data to prove it. And here's what you can learn from it and apply to your own business. Ah, I see. Interesting. Okay. So another question. I mean, uh, I'm not a marketer, so I do not know, but uh, uh, enlighten me with you, with you, with your information, with your knowledge. Uh, isn't a marketing problem very specific to each company or brand? I mean, can I, if, if I'm Adidas, can I learn something from Nike and just uh, replicate it and it's going to work? Is it possible to do that in marketing? I think so. And, and I think like at the end of the day, when we simplify, whether you're trying to sell tennis shoes, t-shirts, water bottles, you name it, mm -hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, you're marketing, you're trying to inform someone to buy something, right? And so uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that in today's world, right? There's so many different types of marketing, in-person marketing, online marketing, within online marketing, there's all the different marketing channels, right? So, so I think that, um, you know, in terms of your question of, of, are there specific challenges to businesses? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, as a marketer, what you're trying to do is influence a purchasing decision. And so, you know, whether you're selling at the end of the day, you're trying to sell something. So that's something where, uh, you know, by looking at this stuff, there is always going to be nuances that are specific to your business. But selling something is selling something. Marketing something is marketing something. Yeah, there are specifics around it. Um, but there but what we do is showcase different areas that um you know, might be really hard to see or time consuming to see um, or might not be on your roadmap, right? Like we can we can showcase things that are white space opportunities. Um, we can showcase things that maybe a ton of people are investing in, but that actually isn't driving a ton of value or, or moving the needle for the business. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So all, all depends on the way that you look at it. Wow, fantastic. Okay, so uh, uh, the last question that I had around these kind of uh, case studies is that, you mentioned something that these are data-backed case studies. Mm -hmm. So for everything that you uh, uh, put out in the case study, there's some data that backs it. So this exactly. data is this data is general purpose data for about the industry. This data is very specific to that one marketing strategy, strategy that that one company did and then uh, uh, they, they saw the result. So what kind of data yeah. is it? So it's both. Um, and so we work with, basically we have over 30 different data partners that we buy data from. So we're working with, you know, something like one of our uh, examples would be SimilarWeb. SimilarWeb is like the world leader in like web traffic measurement. So mm -hmm. we work with SimilarWeb. 
Um, we work with a bunch of different other data vendors depending on every single area. Um, and so again, it goes back to what is the specific challenge or question that we're answering in that case study? You know, here's how, here's tips for improving your email marketing in the sportswear category, or here's tips for improving, um, you know, your digital advertising tactics in financial services, right? Those, the different data sets that we would use there are specific to the challenge. Uh, some of it will be company specific, some of it will be industry specific, but the whole point is that how are we showcasing, how are we providing insights that are backed in some sort of fact? Because I think what what has I've seen in the past in, in working in marketing is there's a lot of people out there who go, look at this, I think this is great. And we're trying to remove that I think because ah. what you think doesn't matter. Is it actually moving the needle? Is it driving traffic or not? Are people buying or not? How can we give people that concrete understanding of this is what they're doing and this is the result it's generating and here's what you can learn from it. Wow. And you're saying you can get this kind of data for almost any kind of marketing, digital marketing, email marketing. Yep, exactly. And there's tools out there, right? Like that's not our core business. There are all the data providers out there that, that do that. What we do is we we have partnerships and buy access to all of that. And then like our you special interpret sauce, the data. We, we interpret the data, we do the insights, we do the visualization, and then we serve it up in a library. So yeah, the, the analogy that I use is if data is oil, we actually sell gasoline, which is refined oil, which is then mm -hmm. gives marketers who are driving the car fuel to go to where they need to go. Oh, wow. This is fantastic. Okay, Charlie, uh, uh, this this makes me curious. How did you get started with right metric? I mean, uh, I mean, this is now that I understand it, I kind of realized that, yes, this is a problem. But how do you stumble upon a solution like this uh, to a problem like this uh, in a world like this? I mean, what were yeah. you doing before? And uh, what was that aha moment when you said, hey, there should be a library of case studies which are backed by, backed by data that markets yeah. could use? So, so what I always say first and foremost is that I, I wasn't trying to start a business. I okay. accidentally started a business. Um, okay. My co-founder co and I had been talking about starting something, but I was always, you know, I was the guy who was an employee. I worked at the big brand side. So I was playing it safe. I liked the idea of like steady paycheck and that sort of thing, but I worked in marketing. So, so I think the first inkling or, or the first kind of, um, you know, idea that came into our head was, this is something that I was just dealing with day in and day out. I was the one who was living through that problem. And as I yeah. talked to more and more of my friends in marketing who worked in marketing, I found that they struggled with the same thing as well. My co-founder found the same thing. Um, you know, so a lot of Evans, Evan Knight, my co-founder, a lot of his friends and, and colleagues were had the same problems. So we kind of said, huh, that's interesting. We're all kind of finding a challenge with the same thing. And yeah. No matter what, we're always looking for these different solutions, but there just wasn't a solution. Maybe it was, it was you could find a solution, but it was very, very expensive, or it was very, very time consuming, or, or something like that. And so I think where we, how we kind of started was we, we were the target customers, like we would use this. And we started to ask questions to people within our network, if they were having the same problems. And then I think we just started obsessing over that problem. How can we help marketers you know, make, make better decisions faster, more with more confidence and, and kind of ultimately calm, like provide calm to them. And so, um, yeah, it started with obsessing over that problem. And then we then, as you start obsessing over the problem, you start to see themes emerge. Okay. These are the, yeah. the five or six big themes. And 
once we saw those themes, we were like, okay, what would a solution look like that could address these themes? How can we take something that's technical, data and insights and analysis, and make it more approachable to marketers and serve it to them in a lightweight way? And how could we, we make it so that we can push information to them? And how can we give them the ability to pull information out? And so that's where the idea for the library came from was, you know, yes, when you sign up for the library, you get an account. Um, every single month when the new case studies are added, you get an email sent to you saying, hey, there's new case studies, check them out. They're here, 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 here. But also with the library is users are able to log in and kind of use it like Wikipedia for marketers and searching within our library to find something for a challenge. And so, um, yeah, basically it started with the problem. Then we kind of had a hypothesis about what a solution would look like. During this whole time, we're talking to different customers and people in our network to understand what they're struggling with. And then we start showing it to them, hey, start using this. And, and is this helping or is this not helping? And I think the, the thing that I use is almost like when you go to the optometrist, you know, when they put a lens in front of you, is it better or worse? Better or yeah, worse? Yeah, better or worse? Yeah. We just did that with the product over and over again until we landed on the library. Wow, this is beautiful. Uh, okay, so I was just on your website and... Uh, yep. Uh, I have a question. Uh, if it's if it if it if it's too personal for the business, let me know. So yeah. the question is: so, uh, for example, I'll just read out one of the headlines uh, from the case studies. Uh, Pinterest is the secret. Pinterest, Pinterest is the secret traffic source that has been hiding in plain sight. One. Yeah. How Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus increase user retention and content consumption with email personalization. This is second. Yeah. Uh, uh, deconstructing outdoor voices shoppable instagram strategy uh, so what i am trying to understand is you uh, mentioned the name of the brands or the companies in your case studies while the data that you get is from some third party data sources so are these companies okay uh, when you use their name uh, while they were while they are not directly giving you the data yeah so i mean it's all publicly available out there right so Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus are, are not customers of ours, um, but the data tools that we have access to can see that and, and pull that information in. Um, and so, yeah, like it's out there and it's a matter of, are we, are we gonna use it, right? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I've had that in the sales process with customers, potential customers, right? I'm talking to them and they're going, well, can you see how much we spend? And I'm like, yes. And they're, and I'm like, and competitors who have your tool can see how much you spend too. And so I'm like, yes. if they're able to look behind your curtain, wouldn't you want to look behind their curtain? Because otherwise it becomes a competitive disadvantage, but it's just, yeah. you know, this, this stuff exists out there. It's just up to us. If, are we going to use it or not? Oh, wow. Because, um, uh, because my, my naive mind would think that, uh, Disney Plus would not be okay to share these kind of strategies because Netflix is their customers. And basically now there's a tool for all the, uh, Netflix is the competition because now there's the tool for all the competitions to uh, figure out where are the good points and bad points in Disney Plus is uh, strategy. Mm -hmm. But you're saying I mean, that's what, okay with it. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, like it, it's like you can watch, you can watch things happening in plain sight, right? Like it's, it's, in, in let's say Netflix's example, right? Like you can, you can see what they're doing. You can see how much money they're spending just, and that, this is, I think a big caveat, just because you know what they're doing doesn't mean you're going to be able to replicate it. Like, I don't know if you and I wanted to start a Netflix, a Netflix competitor today, like we would need a lot of cash to go do that. Right. Whereas, yes. whereas if, if you, let's say you already work in this space, um, 
if you already work in the streaming space and you know you, you could put that to work in a more useful way i think if that makes sense right so so what yeah. we're trying to say here is hey this is how like some of the best streaming giants use email marketing and here's what they're doing and so whether you work in streaming that can be really valuable or if you work in other industries right let's say for example you work in e-commerce in e-commerce email marketing is very very competitive mm -hmm. right and it's like yes, one of the yes. backbones of of selling right yes so if you it's, it's it would be interesting and valuable for you to be able to learn what netflix hulu and disney plus are doing even if you're in streaming or not right because at the end of the day netflix hulu and disney plus do a really good job of using email marketers to drive yes. retention of their platforms. That's what keeps us coming back, watching content, renewing our subscriptions, all that sort of stuff, right? So are there things that we could learn as marketers in e-commerce from Netflix? Maybe it's the way that they segment their list. Maybe it's the way they test their headlines. Maybe it's yes. the images they use above the, above the fold, right? There's so many different things that we're able to kind of showcase. Now, you know, I don't think necessarily Netflix is going, oh no, people can't see, see that because what if they recreate exactly what we do? Like, I just, I don't think many people out there yeah. can recreate Netflix's business. Right. Yeah. But what we yeah. can learn as marketers is what are the strategies and tactics that they're using and, and how can we use those in our business or our industry? Amazing. Perfect. Uh, okay. So Charlie, um, let's move into the second phase of the uh, interview where uh, yeah. we talk about you, your day, how do you sure. do things? So, yeah. uh, if if you if you have to explain to somebody who doesn't know at anything at all what does a typical day look like i know idle day is not the typical day but uh, talking of your typical day what does it look like when do you get up when do you wrap up your day how do you uh, find time to be with your family while not thinking about work like all of these things mm -hmm. so really good question i think you're absolutely right when especially when you're a small company like ours where you know under 10 people um mm -hmm. every day is different uh, I think what's been interesting is during the pandemic, it has actually stabilized a lot of things because there's not really travel. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, my commute, my commute is across my apartment to my office. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I'd say I, I don't like to wake up that early. Like I usually like to wake up at, you know, eight, eight thirty, nine in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. and I usually get in front of my computer, nine 45, 10 o'clock. Um, a lot of my day is is email, so a ton of email. Okay. Um, a lot of uh, core asynchronous communication with the team. So our team is on Basecamp. We're really big fans of Basecamp and the way that they, you know, they're kind of mm -hmm. whole manifesto of how they run their company and communication and whatever. So um, usually it's like wake up, check my email, check Basecamp. Um, if I have meetings, you know, join a join a video call because you can't travel mm -hmm. anywhere in person right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my day. Um, you know, usually work from from ten until you know five, six, depending on uh, when that happens. And then, yeah, I you know five or six o'clock hits. I think both Evan, my co-founder, and I have been very, very um, focused on respecting that like work-life boundary. So you know, mm -hmm. we're not the type of people that message back and forth at two o'clock in the morning about okay. work ideas. We, we did that much earlier on, but I think now we're like, Hey, you know what? Like our company is at a point where, uh, you know, we can, we can work 40 hours a week and, you know, get done what we need to get done. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, and in terms of like what my day looks like, uh, right now I'm mostly responsible for, for sales and client success. Um, mm -hmm. Evan kind of handles more marketing and, and product. 
Um, and so, yeah, between the two of us, um, you know, those are kind of the, the, his day I imagine would be very, very similar as well. Fantastic. Okay. So, uh, so given in your work day, uh, how do you plan your work day? I mean, there are, uh, always dozens of things that you want to get done and, mm-hmm. uh, more than what we really like seems urgent that needs to be get done like tomorrow or today. Uh, so how do you prioritize your day? How do you plan out your day? Do you do it on the same day in the morning or, do, or the other day before? Yeah. So I do calendar blocking, first of all. Um, okay. And like my, my calendar runs my life. <laughs> and, okay. uh, I'm the type of person that uh, I, I need, I, how would I say this? I'm the type of person that I'm, I'm organized, but it doesn't look organized. You know, when you're a kid and your room's really messy, but you know where everything yes. is. Yes. That's me. Yes. <laughs> but what I've found is that over the years, as I've gotten busier and especially I think working in this role, um, you know, when you're a co-founder at a, at a startup and you, you have so many different areas of the business that are going on, you need to be organized with systems. So Basecamp has been really, really helpful for that. Um, and then in terms of how I prioritize my time, calendar blocking has been really, really useful. Um, mm-hmm. I have a couple of principles that that I've implemented that have worked well for me. I don't like taking meetings on Mondays. So oh, Monday, okay. I won't I won't actually book any meetings or calls. Um, mm-hmm. The only call I'll have is like a 15-minute catch-up call with Evan, my co-founder. And it's pretty much like, hey, is there anything on fire today? Is there, do you need, do you need my input on anything? Like, cool. Otherwise I'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, and that's kind of where like, I'll just my deep work and I like get into it. Um, typically the, the, the rest of the time I try to leave mornings for, for email and work and like that sort of thing. And then afternoons for meetings, that's been kind of hard just when you're working in sales, because, uh, you know, you have to be available for other people. You want to be easy on their schedule. And then just where I live, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. We do a lot of business in the eastern part of North America, so East Coast. So if I, you know, the afternoon, they're they're ahead of time, so it becomes too late. So so I have to take meetings in the morning. We also do some business in Europe. So with the time change, it means meetings in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, typically try to do like mornings is when like I feel like I'm at my sharpest. So I want to kind of get that like most important work done. Afternoons is when I can kind of have more conversations. And then what that allows me to do is any action items from the meetings that I take in the afternoon, I can get them done in that next morning block of like deep work. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, you, you mentioned something about uh, taking action items from meetings. So how do you conduct meetings? So for, uh, I know there's uh, online meetings all the time, but uh, how do you uh, make notes for yourself uh, for meetings? Do you use pen and paper, uh, good old pen and paper, or do you have any app tool um, that allows you to do that more efficiently? Yeah. So uh, I'm a really bad note taker during meetings, full disclosure. Um, okay. so, so my, my, I don't use pen and paper because my handwriting is awful. It's so bad. <laughs> if you, if you saw my handwriting, you would be like, Whoa, get away from me. It's awful. <laughs> but, um, the, the, what I use is just Apple notes. Like I, you know, I, I I'm on Apple mm-hmm. devices, so I can take notes on my computer they're on my phone. It's simple. It's clean. Um, you know, that's really it. I've used some note taking apps in the past. I've tried to use, we use a lot of uh, Google products. So we use Google Docs, Google Slides, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just still find that like almost like to, I think of Google Docs, I still think of like writing an essay for school or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's why Apple Notes is usually what I just take to jot down. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I take notes, but also at the same time, just with the way that, that I work, usually it's a lot of me 
me talking and and someone from our team who's on the call who's taking notes of things um and then and then we'll go from there fantastic and um how, how do you conduct meetings so for example uh do you do long meetings or very quick short meetings yeah good question i think i think it depends like i said like my co-founder evan and i will have a 15 minute call every day so quick mm-hmm. short to the point um you know we also do quarterly strategy sessions that are two or three hours long right um okay you know the typical typical sales call for me is anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour depending on the audience and the availability um we do catch ups with our team anywhere from from 30 minutes to an hour um every two weeks we do an all hands meeting with the entire company um technically we 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 allot 90 minutes sometimes it goes the full 90 minutes sometimes it goes 45 minutes just depends on the week um So yeah I th- I think it really depends on the task at hand but I I think I I there are things in the past I noticed that I've adjusted when I send invites to people instead of sending them for an hour now I'll send them for 45 minutes or I'll, I'll uh-huh. like really try and squeeze it down to see if we can kind of do it faster but I will give myself that buffer I'll never book things right back to back so let's say I book a 45 minute meeting I'll actually leave 15 minute gap so if it turns into an hour and the conversation goes that way fine um Yeah, Got so it. that's kind of how how I approach that. Makes sense. A oh, fantastic. Uh, oh, okay. So if I have to take one thing, so now I see um, many small small things that you do throughout the day, like planning your days. For example, Mondays are no meeting days. Um, using calendar as your everything planner. I mean, everything have if if, the, if uh, so. I'm assuming if this if if something is not on your on your calendar, it never gets done. So. that that would be good i guess it's it's a bit of a mix so my calendar is like where where my time is spent and then in base camp there's to do's um it, yes. admittedly i probably need to like i i actually need to go through my base camp and probably audit some of my to do's and make sure they're they're all okay. up to date what i'll do is that things that take me a certain amount of time i will time block into my calendar so if there's a big to do in base camp that's related to it's going to take me a couple hours to do that will get blocked into the calendar and so the to do will be turned into time Um so that's something that I found but when there's little things here and there like I need to get to that yeah I'll get to it when I get to it it's it takes 5 minutes or whatever but anything that's like kind of like a bigger project or a bigger undertaking you know anything that takes me more than you know 15 20 minutes it it then needs to get time blocked and put into the calendar got it so if I so if I have to pick any one thing uh from your entire uh systems that you have um uh maybe think about it a little bit if i have to just pick one thing and practice it for myself in my life what would you say is the highest impact thing um, that you have figured out uh, of using a tool or maybe a system that has worked wonderfully for you yeah so i i actually have two answers that come to mind instantly okay. um, yes. first first one is no meeting monday that was like a okay. game changer for me like okay. i've never done that because i've always wanted to be available to people right mm-hmm. and but i think like actually taking that time to just have a clear mind and know that there isn't something that i have to run to or be prepared for and i can just really think and work that's been really really valuable um the second one is actually from from andrew wilkinson uh okay. and i i started wearing a sleep ring because of him um and so i wear this ring called an aura ring o u r a um mm-hmm. and basically it's a sleep ring that, that tracks your sleep and uh i he, you know this is like a year and a half ago or two years ago or something when when he started tweeting about it and um when i when i met him for coffee we we were kind of talking about it and and uh yeah i was just asking him about it and 
I started wearing the sleep ring and that's actually what changed the time of day that I wake up. And so previously, okay. like I, I used to, you know, if I had to wake up early, I'd wake up early. Right. So I, I'd kind of get on these different schedules where like I'd go through a phase of where I wake up super early mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. I'd go through a phase where I stay up super late at night. And what I realized was after wearing the sleep ring that like, here's the time, like based on your sleep data and your body, here's the time that you should be going to bed. And here's the time that you should be waking up. And I realized that like mine is actually later. And so, wow. you know, I, I've ruthlessly prioritized my schedule where like, I, I won't take, I, I really try to avoid taking early morning meetings because I need to sleep until eight 30 or nine o'clock in the morning. That's what my body likes. And so, um, that's something that I think between no meeting Monday and like adjusting my schedule. So instead of working nine to five, working 10 to five or 10 to six, um, and, and also sometimes like on no meeting Mondays, I like my, I might not even set an alarm on, on Sunday night for Monday morning and I'll, I'll get out of bed at 10, 15 on a Monday morning. And just to like, be able to like, let my body kind of wake up. Those are two things I think for, for me that have like really changed, changed the game. This is freaking awesome. Okay. So, uh, you, I think, I think you're the first person who emphasized so much on, uh, sleeping. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, I've heard about, uh, having proper sleep, but, uh, not being guilty of sleeping until 10, 15 AM on a Monday morning. Uh, I've never, I've never seen, I've never, uh, seen such a pride on anybody's face, uh, while saying <laughs> <laughs> I sleep until 10, 15 AM in the, on a Monday morning because, uh, because my body so uh, likes that. And I think, uh, I I'm, I'm guilty of it. Uh, there was a time when I was, uh, proud of uh, running my days on four hour, five hour sleep. Um, yeah. I can, I just cannot do it anymore. I mean, I, yeah. I was, I got addicted to coffee just to get things done. And it felt like, Hey, I'm, I'm hustling. That was my answer to myself. Hey, I'm hustling. Yeah. This is required. I'm young. I need to do this. But now, uh, as I'm slowly, slowly getting older, I'm realizing the number one thing that decides if my day is going to be amazing or cranky is how how good the sleep was the last night absolutely and uh, i do you're, not know about right. this ring so what does this ring do so basically it 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 helps you to decide what is the ideal time for your body to go to bed and the ideal time for your body to get up so so a, a couple of things first before i talk about the ring um and you know i, I am not endorsed by aura ring so i'll say yes, that course. like you know i bought a <laughs> ring I've, I've been wearing it um before what i'll say is I completely agree with you. So, so I think there's some stats where it's like, we spend a third of our life asleep, right? Like mm -hmm. we will spend a third of our yes. life asleep. And, and, you know, there's a ton of research out there about how it's important to exercise regularly, have a healthy diet. But I think something that like, isn't really covered a lot or, or up until recently hadn't been covered a lot is how important sleep is. Yes. And so, so that's something that I think really stuck out to me and something that I've tried to prioritize. The other thing like you, uh, yeah, there were times in my life where, where I did that. I, I'm not that old. I'm 30. Right. And, but I think that what I've noticed is that, you know, if I can, if I can accomplish the same amount of work in seven hours, because I've slept better than if I tried to do the same amount of work in 10 hours with a crappy night's sleep, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like I'm yes. just going to be, I'm going to be better if I sleep well. So that's why I need to prioritize it. I'm going to be sharper. I'm going to be more alert. I'm going to think about, I'm going to have better ideas. Like it fuels everything. So that's kind of why I was just like, yeah, there is this like societal pressure of like, you know, mm, romanticizing the hustle, yes. but yes. I, I don't know. I think like at, at the same time, 
you know, you, you can still accomplish a lot while, while sleeping well. So that's, that's kind of what I'd say about that in terms of the ring. Um, yeah, I'd encourage anybody listening to check it out. O-U-R-A is how you spell. I think their website is either aura.com or auraring.com. I'd have to double check. Um, it tracks a bunch of different things. So it tracks uh, your heart rate. It tracks your body temperature. It tracks when you go to bed and when you wake up. It tracks all the different stages of sleep. So is it light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, all those different stages that you go through when you sleep, um, how long it takes you to fall asleep, uh, all those different things. So it's collecting all this data about you. And then in their app, it gives you a sleep score out of 100 every day. And it also gives oh. you a readiness score. So, you know, how ready are you for today? Are you a 75 out of 100? Are you a 55 out of 100, which I've had a couple of times after maybe a few too many <laughs> drinks one night? Uh, are you are you doing really well? Do you have, you know, an 80, 85 out of 100? And it, it gives you that ranking of how ready are you for the day? Um, and it'll also give you a ranking out of 100 of how well did you sleep last night? And so there are times actually where I've had a bad sleep score and I've changed my schedule for the next day because I'm like, I'm not well rested enough for this. And I will move things around. And so say for the sake of example, I didn't sleep well mm -hmm. the night before. And maybe it was on a, on a Sunday night, for example, I didn't sleep very well. And Monday I have some really big, like deep work tasks. If I didn't sleep well, I might move those around or put those off so that I can attack them or, or try and conquer them when I'm better rested. Wow. Okay. And, and uh, does it also depend on what you eat throughout the day? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like, I know it'll, it'll, it, it's measuring so many different things. I don't, it doesn't necessarily see what you're eating. Like you, mm -hmm. there isn't a way to log your food. Um, but sometimes like the, the, it'll say, Hey, we noticed that your heart rate was higher before you went to bed. Did you work out or eat spicy food or something like that? Maybe try not doing that one to two hours before you go to bed so that you can start to naturally kind of calm yourself down before you fall asleep. Wow. This is, this is just amazing. I mean, uh, I don't know if I can get a ring to India, uh, if I can buy a ring in India, but... Uh, I think you uh, probably could. I mean, I, I know that, I think Aura is from Finland. Um, okay. And I imagine uh, okay. they ship all over the world. So yeah, I I, uh, I got mine about a year and a half ago. And and I know that An Andrew had one and that's kind of what put me onto it. And then I, I really kind of went down the rabbit hole of like, oh, wow, there's a lot here from, you know, the sleep science side of things that I could probably get better at that would help me feel better, help me be better. And yeah. Wow, th this is this is just beautiful. I mean, I would have never expected uh, to get an answer like this to my question. So, what makes <laughs> you more productive? Sleep. I never thought that would be, but uh, I, but I think now now it makes sense. Um, and also in the hindsight, if I just I'm just trying to recollect the days when, um, like in in the past few uh, weeks, when I was super cranky, I did not had a great day, but I did not have a great day. But uh, uh, and also. I think those were the day, those were the nights where I did not also have a great sleep. Uh, I was not rested. I was maybe uh, on some sort of caffeine, maybe some energy drink or coffee to get through my day. But it yeah. makes sense. Okay, so okay, so uh, get getting back on track. I mean, I am just so amazed with whatever you have said just now that uh, <laughs> it, it it's kind of, it, it's taking me a little bit of time to get back on track. But let me get back on track. Okay, so. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so for the last one and a half years, you are uh, using this ring, um, except, except this, which is trying to get a little bit control on your sleep and understand your body. Uh, is there any other habit that you have recently formed? Any sort of habit? It could be as simple as um, drinking at least this much amount of water or taking as, 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 as at least these, these many steps in a day. Yeah. 
Um, it's a good question. I'm just trying to think of of my habits. I feel like the habits in the last year have been all related to COVID, right? So it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's wearing a mask. It's um, you know trying to reconnect with people on the phone. I I try to take a, a, as many meetings as I can on the phone while I walk. Just mm-hmm. going for a walk, okay. I think, is something where, and I think that's just you know as as we've been restricted to staying inside or, or encouraged to stay inside, you know, and 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 socially distance. Where I'm like, ah, the only thing I can really do is go for a walk. So, so go and do that. So I think that's been one. Um, the other one probably has been like when I stopped working for the night, I actually stopped working for the night. So, you know, what I used to do, I was so guilty of this, is I'd get up from my computer or I'd come home from the office and then I'd have dinner. And then after dinner, I pull up my phone and I'm reading emails and whatever. And like I've just done a really good job of of not not doing that. And mailman has actually helped with that. Um and so, yeah, I think just having that discipline to be like, work will be there tomorrow. <laughs> like yes, work yes. will be there tomorrow. <laughs> and like, you're not going to, unless I, I don't, at least for me, I'm not going to solve my, my, my business challenge or make my business that much better by looking at an email for 10 minutes on my phone, uh, on the couch. It's just not going to happen. Like my best work is going to happen in, in a more structured environment. So yeah, that's something that I've tried to do is like personal time is personal time. Work time is work time. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, Charlie, uh, uh, let me ask you a different sort of question, which is a little lightweight question. So yeah. uh, suppose um, there are days when uh, you have something planned on your calendar, but then something just changes last minute. So for example, some meeting got rescheduled, something happened, and you have to just find out uh, some way to kill 15-20 minutes of a time. Uh, it could be anything. Uh, uh, do you have any go-to websites or things that you do just to kill your time? 15, 20 minutes. I mean, not longer period of time, just 15, 20 minutes. If you have to kill, how do you do it? Yeah. So uh, a couple things. Number one, I'll, I'll either go on Twitter or LinkedIn would be first <laughs> okay. to just kind of catch up. I'm a, I'm a big news junkie. I love the news. So okay. um, I, I, it'll be, I'll check the news for sure to be like, is there something crazy happening in the world that I want to <laughs> learn about? Um, another one has been, uh, I use a tool um, called My Mind, um, okay. and it's basically like a, a, a it's a Chrome extension, and I have it on my phone as well. And anytime I see something that I want to read later, it's kind of like an Instapaper, but you can save files. There's there's all different things there, and so usually I'll kind of open that up and go, oh, is there something you know that I that I took a couple weeks ago? Is there a note that I wrote or something like that, or an article mm-hmm. that I wanted to read that I didn't have time in the moment that I saw, but I wanted to save for later. Maybe I'll go do that. Um, sometimes it might be like a YouTube video that I want to watch. Um, yeah, just it yeah. Kind of, so, sometimes it's just picking up the phone to someone else. Sometimes I'll call my mom, see how she's doing. Um, you know, just like it, it depends on on the day and and what's happening. Uh, and and I think in the mood, right? Like if you're in work mode, I might not necessarily call my mom, but I might read an article that's related to business or whatever. So depends depends on when the meeting is or when something got canceled or moved around. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, now this next question is something that I ask uh, to all of my guests. Uh, uh, if somehow just ma- if just somehow magically, you get one additional hour every single day for the rest of your life. Uh, now it's just you who is getting this one additional hour, nobody else in the world, not your family. Oh, no, no. Okay, so it's just you getting this one additional hour every single day for the rest of your life. Now, how do you use it? Wow, that's a really sleep. hard question. I was sleep. just about to say, like, I actually might take the hour of sleep. <laughs> Because I think that that sleep would would make it 
um, would make the rest of the time better. I think the other one would be, I would use it to spend time with friends and family, right? Because, oh, yes. and I think, you know, especially with me, well, with all of us, I, I think, you know, parents are getting older. I think the last year has really taught us that life is short. And, yes. you know, so, so I think that, yeah, spending, spending time with people that you want to spend time with, friends, family, colleagues, whatever, um, it would either, it would be a tie between sleep or that, depending. Sleep is the more selfish answer. <laughs> uh, do, do you take naps in the day? No, I don't, but I used to. So uh, it's funny, actually, this is, this is good that you brought this up. So I think when I was younger and when I was like, like you, like I was working long hours, I was hustling, like whatever, I actually took naps then. And now that I actually like sleep more, I don't take naps. And so what I used to do, um, I, I would work a full work day, you know, nine in the morning, come home at six or something. And then I'd, I'd have a nap for like an hour. I'd sleep for like six to seven. And then I'd wake up from my nap and, you know, maybe make dinner and then, you know, probably dive into some more work, stay up until one or two o'clock in the morning, go to bed, get up, do it all again. And so oh, that was yes. the time that when I was napping, um, I think now, like nowadays I will actually nap on weekends. Like, you know, it's like, Oh, wake up on a Saturday, go outside, do something, uh, come home, probably have a nap for an hour to wake up. And, you know, yeah, now it, it, it can, but there was a, a point in time when I was, you know, really hustling and grinding where, yeah, I was kind of getting, trying to get an extra hour of sleep wherever I could. Oh, wow. Uh, also, yeah. also, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling me younger. I'm also 30 myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. We're getting old, you and I. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm getting new, uh, entirely new set of memes these days on from from my friends and families who are also entering into their 30s. But I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. Okay. So, uh, Charlie, if somebody wants to, uh, who is listening to this episode, uh, or reading about this episode, um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, or maybe follow along your journey, what's the best way to learn more about you and get in touch with you? Yeah, so the best way to find me on, on social media, Twitter, at Charlie Grinnell, C-H-A-R-L-I-E-G-R-I-N-N-E-L-L. Um, find me on, I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn, so they can find me there. Um, our company is Rightmetric. The, the website is rightmetric.co, R-I-G-H-T-M-E-T-R-I-C.co. Um, yeah, I, I'm a pretty easy guy to, to get in touch with, and I always love connecting with people. So, uh, you know, if you heard something that, that you like or something that you didn't like, hit me up. I'm happy to chat. Uh, I always enjoy chatting with people. And, and yeah, that's probably the best way to, to find me and get in touch. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, listeners, if anybody who's listening to this episode, um, all of these links that Charlie has uh, said out loud, all of these links are available in the show notes of the of this episode. So just click and you can directly reach out to Charlie. Charlie, Charlie Thank you so much for taking out time. I mean, uh, it's 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 six. So we started chatting at six thirty a.m. my time. I got up early. I did not have proper sleep last night. But whatever <laughs> you just, but whatever you just said right now, whatever you just said right now, has woken up me, woken me up like anything. I mean, I'm so wide awake right now. Uh, just be and just because of this insight, uh, I'll probably go to bed. Um, I'll I'll take a nap uh, today, but. Uh, <laughs> This is amazing. Thank you so much for taking out time. I'm going to try. Uh, I'll try to order this uh, the same ring and see if uh, I see some drastic changes as well. If I get this ring before this episode goes out, I'll also write um, my experience with um, Charlie's systems. 
something like that one paragraph towards the end of it just just to give um, a different perspective to everybody who's reading or listening to it love it that's awesome well thank you very much for having me i really appreciate it